Lord, would you do it again? And would you let it start with me? And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Priscilla Shire. And Priscilla is talking to us. Well, this is actually the first of like a four-part message because she's talking to us about revival and letting revival start with us. And she tells this amazing story at the beginning of a trip to John Wesley's house and this student, you know, and how he kneels down. And it's just he, and he prays, Lord, let revival start with me. And it's so amazing because this is my heart's desire, my prayer. God, I want to run after you. I want revival to start with me. Move through me, Lord God. I don't want to live as a nominal Christian anymore. I don't want to be mediocre and just live life every day just to live life. I want to make a difference in this world for Christ. I want to live as Christ lived on this earth. And that is my prayer. I hope you enjoy Priscilla Shire. Lord, come and speak to us. Father, we have rolled out the red carpet for you in our praise and in our worship, and now we step out of the way because we need a word. Lord, I'm so grateful that each other is here, but we didn't come to see each other. We came to see you. So, Father, rend the heavens. Come down and speak. In Jesus' name, amen. It was the 1940s or so when there was a professor who was in England. His name was Professor Orr, O-R-R. He taught theology at a university there. He decided to take some of his theology students, this is the 1940s, he decided to take them on an excursion, a field trip, so to speak. And so he gathered up his students and he said, we're going to go visit some of the historical places here in England that have some sort of theological significance. He took them to many religious sites, some that had been very strategic in the building up of the church and in um, the Christian faith. And one of the places that they visited was the Epworth uh, Rectory, which would have been the home, the living place, the study place of one of the great reformers of the church. His name was John Wesley. John Wesley sort of put in place much of the theology upon which the church that you attend, that I attend, a lot of that foundational theology was crafted by reformers like John Wesley. So John Wesley would study, he would teach, he would preach, he would pray that revival would spread out, not only in England, but he prayed for it here in our country, that revival would break out. He and others like him ushered in, in prayer, some of the great revivals that swept through America in the early 1900s, where people in mass were coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord, where the heavens seemed to be open in an unusual way, and revival broke out in a way that has made the history books that we still look back on now and recognize the fire of God's spirit that spread during that time period. It's because guys, many of them, like John Wesley, were on their knees praying that God would move. So these theology students went and they visited this rectory, this house where he lived, and they went in the kitchen. Professor Orr showed them all where John Wesley would have uh, eaten his 
uh, lunch and his dinners where he would have cooked, where he would have lived his life there, took him into the study where John Wesley would have studied. These theology students were enamored because, of course, some of the old books that John Wesley would have studied from, that he had written in, some of those notes they had preserved, they were still there on the desk and on the bookshelves. And so the theology students were feeling the, the spines of those books, just enjoying the richness of this history. And then Professor Orr walked the students up to the second floor where the, the most intimate quarters of John Wesley would have been his bedroom, walked in the bedroom, and the students began to file around the bed in the tiny space in that bedroom. And as they all filed into the room, one of them noticed as they got around the far side of the bed that there were two um, small patches, well-worn patches in the carpet fibers of the floor. They were right next to each other and they were beside the bed. And he, he asked his professor about those patches that were worn right there beside the bed. And Professor Orr explained that it is said that those two patches were the actual places where every single morning, not for a minute or two, but for several hours on end, John Wesley would plant his knees right beside his bed. And he had prayed so long and so hard for revival that his knee had, knees had actually imprinted themselves onto the floor. That the carpet fibers were, were worn as he prayed for revival. So the students stood in there for a moment. And after a few moments, they left the room. They went downstairs. They all got on the bus to go to the next location. Professor Orr stood at the front of the bus, counted the students to make sure everybody was there and he realized one was missing. He walked back into the house, went into the kitchen to look for the student, nobody was there, went into the study to look for the student, nobody was there, walked up the stairs into the bedroom, and he could just see across the other side of the bed the head and shoulders of a student who had planted his knees down in those well-worn patches on the floor, and he could hear the student praying, do it again, Lord. Lord, would you do it again? And would you do it again with me? Professor Orr walked around the side of the bed. He put his hand on the, the shoulder of the student, and he said, it's time to go. And rising from his knees, Billy Graham went and joined the rest of the students on the bus that day. And then, God did it again. And I just wonder what would happen if this week there were some people who were brave enough to say, Lord, would you do it again? Would you not allow me to be a Christian in name only? Would you make it so that I'm so uncomfortable with being a nominal Christian who just comes to church, who just reads a verse a day to keep the devil away, who's just a good person, but isn't a person who is completely sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ? Lord, would you make it so that I am different and unique and set apart and filled by the Holy Spirit of God? Lord, would you do it again? And would you let it start with me? I'm praying for revival. I'm talking about straight up old school, flat-footed revival. I'm talking about where the Holy Spirit breaks out so clearly and so fully that there is not one person that walks 
the face of the earth that does not know that there is a God somewhere and that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us from our sins, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through him. Lord, do it again. And you might as well go ahead and start at Oasis in L.A. Revival is what we are asking him for. It is a unique outpouring of the presence of God. It is when his spirit, the immaterial, in some way becomes material, tangible, where we see and we hear and we can detect traces of God's presence. It's where you look back over your history and you can see footprints where God was working stuff out in your favor, where he was putting the right people in the right place at the right time to guide your steps. It's when you step away from just celebrating his omnipresence. I'm grateful for the omnipresence of God. Omnipresence means that he is everywhere at the same time. Omnipresence means when I fly back to Dallas, Texas tomorrow, I'm not taking all of God with me and not leaving him here with you, that he is just as much in Los Angeles as he will be with me in Dallas, Texas, because our God is omnipresent. But there should be a hunger in us, the people of God, to want more than just his omnipresence. We should want his manifest presence. Manifest is revival. It's his clear outpouring. It is the detecting of his fingerprints in our lives. It's when we hear his voice by his spirit whispering to us and speaking to us. And this has always been the desire of God to reveal himself. That's what revival is. It is a revelation. It is a revealing of a tangible experience with God. That's what he's always wanted. Even in Isaiah 65, way back in the Old Testament, he said, listen, even when people didn't want me, I was still trying to reveal myself. He said, I permitted myself to be sought by those who didn't even ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here I am to a people that did not even call on my name. I wanted to bring revival even when people weren't asking for it. That was Priscilla Shire, and you can find that entire talk on YouTube if you search under Priscilla Shire, Going Beyond Ministries, Let Revival Begin With Me. You can also find out more information about her at goingbeyond.com. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. 